Um, a wonderful passage from Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. This quotation from E.B. White um, is, is one of my favorite quotations, and I've never used it in a sermon, and I want to use it today. Um, I'm not sure if it's appropriate, but it's good. If the world were merely seductive, that would be easy. If it were merely challenging, that would be no problem. But I arise in the morning torn between a desire to improve the world and a desire to enjoy the world. This makes it hard to plan the day. If the world were merely seductive, that would be easy. If it were merely challenging, that would be no problem. But I arise in the morning torn between a desire to improve the world and a desire to enjoy the world. This makes it hard to plan the day. I usually wake up with one of those two desires, and I'm torn. In a way, I'm torn between enjoyment, pleasure, and work and worry. Paul begins this passage from Philippians with rejoice in the Lord always. Don't worry about anything. You know, he presents the two poles of our existence. Anxiety on the one hand and the peace of God on the other. And how do you get from A to to be? How do you move from anxiety to the peace of God which passes all understanding? And, you know, a lot of us talk about the anxiety and stress of our time. As we go on this journey from anxiety to the peace of God which passes all understanding, I want us to be mindful of Paul who wrote these lines about Rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. Don't worry about anything. It's good to know that Paul 
when he writes to the church at Philippi, this is a conflicted church. There are two people at odds with each other, and it's ready to blow up. They're taking, Paul is having experience on outside the church of people who saying he's a false preacher. Paul is a person who talks about in other letters that he's been shipwrecked, he's been persecuted, he's been stoned, he's been left for dead, he's been starving. This is a guy who's been through it. So when he talks about have no anxiety but rejoice, he's been there. He's been there, and he knows what it's like, and he kind of knows the peace of God. So he's worth listening to. Now, as he goes through this journey from anxiety to the peace of God, which passes understanding, I'm not sure if this is sequential or random, but I'm going to take it in the order he gives it. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Look outward. Be other-directed. Usually when we talk about gentleness, we talk about it in relation to other things and people. She is gentle with children. He is gentle with pets. He speaks gently to people. It has to do with how we relate. Sometimes I'm much better at letting my anger be known than my gentleness. We all experience the anger nowadays that people have. It's hard to turn on cable news without feeling the anger in our society. And Paul says, let your gentleness be known. Gentleness calms us. Gentleness is like wiping the anger from our glasses so that we can see clearly. Gentleness lets us know that the Lord is near. For me, that means that the Lord is near temporally, that the Lord is close by to center my life, to give me confidence in living, to let me know that God loves me. Paul says, do not worry, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I've told this story before, when I was a district superintendent, Susan and I would visit other churches. And one Christmas Eve, we visited a church where the minister was going through a rough time. And he was so grateful that we visited. And it meant a lot to him that we came to his church on Christmas Eve. And I said to him, well, I worry about you. <laughs> he said... I don't want you to worry about me. I want you to pray for me. And I realized that Christmas Eve, there's a difference between worrying and praying. Worrying is stewing in our own juice. We don't take it anywhere. We just fret. Praying is taking it somewhere. 
Yeah, God knows what we need before we ask, but God wants us to ask. God wants us to take it to God. And it's that relationship that helps. It's that relationship of asking, of being a supplicant that brings God to us and brings us to God. And supplicant with prayer and supplication. Supplicant is a word that's often used for for beggars, people who have their hand out, people who are asking. God wants us to come to God with humility, not with all the answers, but where we can be filled with God and experience God's presence. Pray with thanksgiving. Be grateful. In that opening quotation from E.B. White, it seems to be an either-or. Enjoy the world or work at improving it. Well, really, it's both. Praise is what gives us balance in life. Gratitude keeps us clear that the gifts and challenges are from God. Gratitude is the motivation for moral action. Faith is based on gratitude. You know, just think of the Ten Commandments. There are moral actions in the Ten Commandments, ways to improve the world, but it begins with gratitude. People are grateful for the God who brought them out of slavery in Egypt. You are grateful, therefore, behave this way. Without gratitude, our enjoyment of the world shrinks to self-indulgence. It shrinks to greed and envy. Without gratitude, we will never have more than enough and never appreciate what we have. We won't enjoy the world. And without gratitude, our efforts to improve the world will sink into frustration, self-pity, anger, and apathy. We're not getting the results we want. We're not grateful. The more the soul praises, the stronger it becomes. Gratitude strengthens our souls by focusing on what matters. For what are we to be grateful? Well, Paul gives suggestions. Verse 8 is just a beautiful, beautiful verse. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, some translations say whatever is beautiful, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise, think on these things. It's almost worth taking each one of these phrases 
and making a list under each word what comes to mind when we think of whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is beautiful, whatever is pure. What is commendable? We haven't talked about it much lately, but essential workers are still commendable. The healthcare workers and the workers in grocery stores and public servants and trash collectors are commendable. Think on them. Volunteers, the volunteers who make our sack lunches for the homeless shelter, the volunteers at NEMAP, are commendable. Poll workers, people working for registration of voters, are commendable. Whatever is honorable, people who honor people, who are hospitable and welcoming to the stranger. People who set a place at the table for the other. People who honor the earth. People who put others first are honorable. Think on them. Whatever is pure or beautiful, you know, the beautiful tells us there's more to life. There's something beyond us. The pure, pure joy. Not the joy that takes delight in the downfall of others and and bad things happening to others, but pure joy that's untainted by jealousy. the authentic, the genuine, where there's no duplicity and no pretense. Whatever is true, people who tell the truth, people who tell the truth to power so they don't have to tell lies to the powerless, People who have integrity. People whose lives are integrated. People who walk the talk. People we can count on and who are steadfast. People who are true to themselves. Whatever is worthy of praise. For me, that's whatever is not wasteful. Whatever repurposes and reuses and recycles and composts. Whatever is just. That which brings together and doesn't divide. That which is not afraid to get into good trouble. Over the last month, Susan and I have been watching the Netflix series, Immigration Nation. And um, it has some extraordinary people in it. People who 
go out into the Arizona desert and leave gallon jugs of water in so many places so that those crossing the desert won't die of thirst. People who work in Florida to make sure that employers pay immigrants the wages they've earned. People in Columbus who work for the community refugee and immigration services, who reunite families from Uganda. Paul says, think on these things and then do them. Don't just admire the honorable and the pure and the beautiful, but do it. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will be yours. I love that phrase, passes all understanding. Jesus says it too. It's like, I can't explain it. I can't explain how it works, but it works. Think on these things and do them. And pray with supplication and pray with gratitude. And the peace of God will be with you. Our prayer today continues in the sermon series that we're preaching on a prayer for church in these times. It was our opening prayer. O God, be thou our sole strength in time of trouble. In the midst of anxiety, grant us the grace to count our blessings, the simple ones, health, food, sleep, one another, a summer that is bursting out all over, a nation which, despite all, has so much to offer so many. Here, too, it's a journey from anxiety to peace. Be our soul strength in trouble. The Lord is near. And in the midst of anxiety, grant us the grace to count our blessings. We travel from anxiety to peace through gratitude. May God grant us the grace to be grateful. May it be so. Amen.